sports listeners. I'm your host, Erica Salda, the queen of team. Please tune in every single Tuesday. This whole hour of Santa Barbara Teen Athletes. Woo! And we're talking all athletes. Good morning. You've landed on Team Sports Radio. We've been around since 2010. It's beautiful. Not a beautiful. It's so bad to say how beautiful it is in Santa Barbara. But if you uh, in, in the part of the world and you're checking out uh, Team Sports Radio and you don't know about Santa Barbara, Google it. Okay. When I see when I see Moscow and Brussels, we just had a new city in Mexico. It's uh, it matter if I crushed the, the 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 way to say this. I so apologize. But in Central Mexico, we have a new city that's been following us now for a couple of weeks. And it's Querétaro, and I hope I said it right. Querétaro. Yeah, and it's, I know I had to have Google tell it to me like five, 15 times. I've never <laughs> taken this Spanish class. But um, it's in Central Mexico, and they're actually known for their architecture. So, yeah. So, anyway, so thank you all. And uh, if you are from Querétaro, Mexico, uh, Google, uh, send me an email at queenofteensb at gmail.com. And we've got a t-shirt. I want to send you a t-shirt. So that's, that's the, that's how we're going to start today. But we do have some more and more good news because it's only good here on T-Sports Radio. Dr. D, you want to make the announcement? Well, I certainly will. I will make the announcement. And that announcement is that Santa Barbara Teen Sports Radio, two of the four broadcasts are moving to primetime. We are still going to be on at 9 a.m. Tuesday morning, but we're now going to be moving the nighttime Tuesday broadcast to 8 p.m. And then you'll be able to listen on Saturday at 8 a.m. And then, of course, our Sunday 6 p.m. broadcast and uh, so those are going to be the four times we won't be on the other times forget about whatever else we've said it's Tuesday at 9 a.m. and 8 p.m. Saturday 8 a.m. Sunday 6 p.m. and then of course you can hear online at SantaBarbaraTeenSportsRadio.com as well as SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, Stitcher, Player FM, Blueberry, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and uh, many other locations. And also, you'll be able to see some of the videos of the program. And that is the uh, update, updated news of the new time slots, two of them, uh, 8 p.m. Tuesday and 8 a.m. Saturday. Nice. Thank you. We also, 96.9 FM, um, we broadcasted all, the, all those times as well. Oh, yeah, um, that's right. We're on terrestrial radio. I forgot. Yes. <laughs> that's okay. I try to do that. So, listen, let's go around the room. It's We've got a lot of show today, and I want to get to it. We've got call. We've got people calling in. and uh, But before we do anything, I always like to give thanks. So, Let's uh, give some thanks. Anthony Rodriguez is in the house. You want to give you want to give some love to somebody from this last oh. week? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I wanted to give some mad love to Dominique Hackett for doing such an awesome job on helping us out with the minimizing financial hardship on our earthquake uh, show. So I just wanted to say thank you so much for all the information that we got. And a lot of people loved it. So I just wanted to say thank you very, very, very much. Oh, Anthony honestly i listened to it in the background you absolutely killed it and it really made me feel good how actually how prepared um we are and we would have never gotten so prepared if you haven't over the years helped us prepare so i really appreciate that really honestly so i'm going to give my gratitude back to you 
Okay, because we wouldn't be where we are today uh, without all of your guidance. So thank you. Dominique, who do you want to give some love to? Oh, gosh. Uh, let's see. Huge love to Alice. I don't remember her last name. She used to be, a long time ago, about two decades ago, mayor of Cyprus. And she helped... She helps a group of people get tickets for the pageant of the masters in Laguna. And awesome. um, we, we get great the, the greatest seats and it's such a wonderful event. And these wonderful people get together once a year down in Laguna to go to the pageant of masters. And I, my heartfelt thank to Alice for including us in her group of people that get to have this great experience. Yeah. You can still catch it. Still being played all of August, put it on your bucket list. It's like a magic show. And we've been, this is like our fifth year right now. And it's, it was so much fun. And you, you can look on YouTube and uh, they have the masters and there'll be a video to explain what it is, but really it brings good. art and history alive. Yeah. It's really good. Excellent. If you haven't uh, seen it, put it on your list. Christine Marie is in the house. A little love. Who do you want to give some love to Christine? I want to give some love to my staff. Um, uh, Department of Behavior Wellness admin unit who are letting me have these two days off so that I can go, who are filling in for me, who are really amazing, so I can go to the pageant of the masters today. <laughs> today, I'm so excited. Um, I grew up in Laguna Beach. That's where I went to high school and was part of my junior high. Well, I lived where I was in junior high and it's a beautiful, beautiful town and it used to be an artist colony. And so I'm really excited to go. I haven't been there in a long time and I haven't seen the pageant of the masters for I don't know, 20, 30 years. So it's been a really long time. So I'm really looking forward to it. and super grateful to, um, to you guys too for making it possible. Nice. Dr. Amy. Hi. Hi. I'm going to give thanks to Mother Nature and her beauty and her grace and her power and her kindness and gentleness and inspiration and yeah, just making life better. Nice. You've got a section for us today. I'm looking forward to it. Do you want to give us a little peek or no? Yeah, um, at your request, uh, I took a look at at least one study on opioids and connection. So I'll share that. And if it's a theme that's of interest to people, we may look at some more research, but I'll share that one for today. And nice. I was also hoping that you would... Um, send a link or put up a link for Anthony's awesome talk somewhere. If that exists. Definitely. It exist. Yeah, yeah, it does. Anthony, we'll get that out there. Uh, we've got another guy in the house. Friend we go back a number of years. Now we met on the ball field. Um, Mike Mata, Mike, I'm going to let you tell your story here real quick after the, after the break, but let's um, get to your gratitude. Then we'll take a break and we'll talk about you. Sounds good. So what kind of gratitude you've got for us? Just want to give thanks to the kids and families I got to help me out with my program. Nice. That's sweet. That'd you want to name? I, you probably can name dozens. I mean, at one time you had over a hundred kids. We don't have that kind of show. We'll have to. We'll have to pencil that. Out. Yeah, I got a few, but I can't do. Can't do without those kids and parents. Yeah, definitely. All right, let's do. Let's take. Let's take a break. We've got a lot of show today. This is Erica Saul, the Queen of Team. We'll be back with more after these messages.
Sports Radio Show. I am your host, Erica Salda, the Queen of Teen. Please tune in every single Tuesday at 9 a.m. This is Erica Salda. We're back. We've got in the house. We've got Mike Mata in the house. Um, he's kind of like, I don't know, Mike, you like my little brother, right? I guess that's what yeah. I feel too, right? This is odd. Call me at 10 o'clock at night. Hey, Mike. <laughs> that's that's yeah. like a little bit, right? Hi, Bug. So, Hi, Bug. Um, yeah, but seriously. So uh, what happened was, I don't know, he saved my bacon. I, met, I, I was just dying. I couldn't find enough kids to fill camp. We had 50 scholarships. Uh, through baseball. baseball scholarships to uh, participate in Cal State Northridge. And it's one of those amazing things. Kids don't get, especially at-risk kids, don't get this uh, kind of opportunity. Spend a whole day with a Division One baseball player, walk around campus, have classroom. Coach Moore did an outstanding job putting this program together. Breakfast, lunch, dinner, you got your hat, your cap, your your T-shirt. Got t-shirt. You got to practice with the guys. I mean, I looked at it absolutely kids at risk kids hope that hey i mean if they can identify with or connect to one of these uh kids um they too can be a division one baseball player anyway could not fill the seats in santa barbara couldn't get the information i needed santa barbara to get these things i finally get a hold through networking actually with through dominique hackett um who had a friend of a friend that actually coached down there got a hold of mike and all of a sudden i show up to this um camp event and there's like 35 of his kids there i was so i mean i was a hero mike you made me a hero that's all i gotta say <laughs> so um i want to get to you mike i mean you've been doing this this has been a, it's not even a journey this is a ministry for you so tell us your story of how you got started um talk about your rise in baseball where you ended up and how you got to where you're at right now well i started in college i started over here in santa paul then I started started working, did travel. I did all the stuff what kids did. Then I started uh, high school. I started de- developing a good pitching arm that got me to college for free. Got opportunities, get a scholarship, went to minors. Did all the fun stuff a kid wanted to do for where I came from. Accident. And I had the benefit going to college, paid for. And then I went to the minors. Then I did two years. I went all the way to AA. Then ended up coming back home. So I ended up coming with the disease in my leg. Then from there, they helped. I started a little travel ball team. Started from one team, only almost nine teams. And till now, that was 10 years ago, and I still have it till then. Nice. Okay, so let's let's speed up. Okay, so a few years back, four or five years back, out of nowhere, just kind of landing on you, you picked up, which is a different animal, because I've coached boys 28 years, and I picked up a couple mm-hmm. of girls' teams along the way. I mean, different animal. So, but you ended up yeah. picking girls up and created a softball team, and these girls, how many girls on your softball team actually got scholarships? All of them. Oh my word. So they all got scholarships to play and they were, I remember that whole ride when you were talking to me because we've been friends that long and you know, you're giggling and you're laughing and you know, you can't even, you can't even get, you're beside yourself how fun it is coaching girls. So now he calls me out of nowhere a couple of weeks ago. 
want, wins a tournament, wins another tournament, wins another tournament, doesn't say anything, he's playing I Got a Secret, right? And I'm like, wow, you got, you know, you're, you're balling up another great team because, you know, it's King Mike when it comes to coaching. I get it. I, I was the same way. I went undefeated for six years. Okay. I get it. <laughs> so then he's like, oh, yeah. He goes, you want to know the name of my team? I go, yeah. There's the She Devils. Okay. <laughs> the She Devils. Now, I didn't want to be woke, and I don't know what that means. So do you pick up a team that, you know, biologically, <laughs> they were born. I don't know where we're going with this, right? And he goes, and he starts laughing. He goes, yeah, I picked up and built a baseball team around my niece, and we're legit. And we won the last three tournaments that I entered them. And he doesn't even say. He's racking in a girl's team. Okay. So I'm like, oh, this is marketing. Okay. (laughs) This is AO1290 at its best. I mean, especially after COVID. So here I am texting. First person I text, Abe Jahadim. Hey, okay. Hey, you know, who's your baseball guy? I got, I want to see if he could do a little scrimmage. And I don't say anything, you know, got guys from down south because of COVID, but I, I hushed it up, right? So then he gives me this guy, Wes, and I'm doing all this other kind of stuff. I'm not saying anything. So then I call my boy Vince Holian because his daughter is on the Central Coast, you know, undefeated, whatever. They win everything. They've been all on the on the with his girls. They've been all on the show a few times. Um, So because softball, baseball, you know, people know each other, especially if you're born and girl. So he gave me another coach. So now I've given you these two coaches. So we'll see how this manifests if the universe wants it to go in this direction. So. Dr. Amy has a question for you. Well, given Mike's humility and success, I'm wondering if he has like one or two sentences for athletes, for parents and for coaches, like his his primary principles um, for his teams. Basically, I got to tell the kids, you're willing to work hard for two hours. I am willing to teach you. I don't care if you're good, not first time stars. If you work, great kids, you're humble. <laughs> I'm taking it. Basically, work hard. Be a humble, nice, humble person. Beautiful. Beautiful. What do you want parents and coaches to know? Say it one more time. What do you want parents and coaches to know about youth sports? Baby, it's a game. Kids need to have fun. You have Yay. fun. They're yellow kids. Fun. Yeah. I can imagine. He'd be the guy that's just so humble, quiet. He sits down, doesn't say a, a pipey word. We'd be great. We'd be the yin and yang, right? And all of a sudden, yeah. makes this is right. Like, I get up. I, I knock down the bats. Oh, come on. <laughs> You're going to get it right next time. It's okay. It was a mistake. I get it. It's all right. Right? And yeah. this is it. I'm, uh, Mike would, yeah, you Mike put, would be, sit down. Yeah, Mike would be, it's okay, Erica. Sit down. It's no, no, relax. Yeah. <laughs> Not funny. So, so how can, uh, how can teens reach you to be able to join your teams? Say one more time. I can yes. hear you. Yeah. In Fillmore. You said, I how like can that. people reach you so if they want to be on your team? Oh, they just could call me or just email me at Duke's, uh, my Instagram at Duke's Baseball. 
Duke's baseball. Duke's baseball. Yeah. Got it. No, it shows up all over the place. It's like, and I love the girls' team's name, She Devils. So you want to give some shouts up to a couple of the girls before we take a practice? Who's your pitcher? Who's the catcher? I want to know who the catcher is. That's what I want to know. It's going to be Kimmy Casadas and it's going to be Jack, Jackie Gonzalez. Oh. Pitcher and catcher. So they're, they're related? No. Two different uh, friends. Nice. So, again, like you had said, as you told me, this all started. So who's your niece? Kimmy. Ah. Yeah. You wanted a team? That could have and she wanted to do baseball, so I thought just bring me girls and from your softball team, and I'll teach them. It'll take me a couple months, but they got it quick. Wow, no, that's, that's really so great. Good. And is she in college now? No, they're little kids. They're oh, eighth they're little grade. kids. Eighth grade. Eighth grade. Got eighth grade. it. That's what's so magical yeah. about it. They're eighth graders. So yeah, you know, look, the more experience they get, especially, you know, um, the better it's going to be for them. And it's like, I mean, when you think about it growing up, we played baseball. I didn't, we didn't play softball till eighth grade. We didn't have it. Right. So when the dads were hitting balls, they wouldn't hit softballs. They were hitting baseballs. So anybody who is athletic, I mean, it's not like it hasn't like started. There was just no um, organized teams like, like Mike's, you know, you know, has got set up. How many teams do you have now, Mike? Six. Nice. Six teams. Six teams total. Great. Well, listen, you're doing it the right way. And oh, my God, I'm so happy. And I'm looking forward to hoping that uh, this comes true, whether it's up in Santa Barbara or down in Fillmore. Fillmore, guaranteed, we're there. Okay, I'm going. That's it. All right, sounds good. I'm not only going, I'm buying the pizza. How's that? <laughs> All right, then. That worked in better. All right, but, so let's take right. a little break. This is Eric. All right, but ahead of this, is, I need to step out now. Uh, no worries. We'll keep in touch. Thank you, Mike. All right. Thank you, man. All right. Let's take a break. We got Huga right after these messages. Oh! And this is Santa Barbara Teen Sports Radio Show. I am your host, Erica Salda, the Queen of Teen. Please tune in every single Tuesday at 9 a.m. Welcome back to Teen Sports Radio. I'm Dominique Hackett with Santa Barbara Wellness Center, and I'm bringing you a Hackett's Huga moment. So Huga is all those qualities in our life that are comfy, cozy, and help make life really enjoyable, make learning more fun. Make it fun to be on team sports. And one of the things that I love to do is I love to tell stories. I love to learn things from telling stories. So I have a quick story. Um, This story uh, is, uh, it was about a teacher and a student in class. And the teacher was asking lots of questions. It was a biology class. And the uh, the teacher came up to one of her students and said, um, how many kidneys do we have? And the student responded, four. And the teacher was a little shocked, four. The heck are they coming up with four? So the teacher thought about, "Eh, maybe she should ask the question slightly differently. 
And this time she asked the student, how many kidneys do you have? And the student responded too. I mean, we all know each of us have two kidneys, right? So the teacher was really happy that the student got the answer right. And the teacher asked, if you knew the right answer before, why, why did you say four? And the student innocently replied, at the time you asked me how many kidneys we have, well, we, you and me, we have four together, right? Because we is an expression that's used for plural, right? So the student was really trying to get the answer right. And, and the paper. Yeah, yes. exactly. So this is the short little moral to the story is that in life, sometimes we don't understand the other person's point of view. And that before jumping to the conclusion that a person is wrong, we may want to double check that we understand their point of view be before we or decide not whether the sharpest right or not. tool in the shed. I get it. <laughs> I get that. Well, but there's also another thing here. So I do an exercise which we can't do because it's visual about nine dots. So um, and the usual take home point for that exercise is talking about like thinking outside the box. But the other yes. points of this exercise are um, how do we face challenges? How do we talk to ourselves when something's difficult? And if you're really paying attention, this pu puzzle, and you can Google it online, try to Google it without the answer showing, but this puzzle has multiple solutions that are all correct. And especially in school, we fixate on, quote, the right answer, and it diminishes connection and creativity and possibility. And I'm not saying that there aren't times and places where there really is a right answer, but we don't want to shut that down. And I'm sure Christine Marie has something to add about this approach from her educational background. About the right answer? Yeah, and, and following students' lead and being curious. Like, isn't that your whole educational philosophy? No. Well, I mean, it's part of the philosophy. From for me, the philosophy is really about, uh, well, I was an early childhood educator in Waldorf education, and it was about really holding sacred the imagination of the child and the human being. So you actually, you are correct. There are certain times where I would be telling certain stories and children would say, this is my perspective of the story. And I'd say, wow, mm -hmm, wow. I wouldn't tell them, no, that's not right. Right. I would, I would say, wow, okay, I hear you. So it's, it is allowing their imagination and, and, and how they think in the world to, to evolve because we all really do have different perspectives um, and sharing them with each other is I think the most important thing and respecting and honoring other people's perspectives. And then, you know, so, some so certain things have happened where, um, you know, I would tell the Christmas story at Christmas time and I would talk about the mother, the father and the child, because I believe we're all children of God. And I believe that there's this, this spirit and light in each of us. And so the children started having a conversation about the Christmas story and saying who they thought who this was and who that was. And I said, hmm, you know, hmm, you know, and, and then parents got involved and were, were, were some some were upset that I was teaching a story of of Christianity. But I. I, I was telling a sacred, sacred story and the children were free to interpret. So once I explained that to the parents, they understood more, but some of them came home because their children had 
taken the stories that the other children had shared. So it's really powerful as adults, we can kind of get locked in our own perspectives too. So yeah, thank you for that. Thanks for including me, Dr. Amy. <laughs> and what I love is a gentle reminder to ourselves, rather than jumping to the conclusion that somebody else is wrong, pause and ask more questions yeah. and understand another person's point of view and allow for, as Dr. Amy said, allow for that creativity of mind that, hey, Maybe we're both right. And um, yeah, so that's my that's my comfy, cozy thought is that relaxation into asking more questions before jumping to a conclusion that somebody else is wrong. And, and, and that is really I, that, that 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 adheres or, or reminds me of my philosophy in terms of uh, we're moving from a sort of dualistic perspective, the sense of that if I'm right, you're wrong or if you're right, I'm wrong into this point and periphery perspective where there's a point of perspective, there's a point of view and all around it is a sphere of periphery, all of which those perspectives are true from every point around that entire sphere. All we have to do is move ourselves to where that other perspective is. If it looks green from one side and blue from the other, you know, it is green from one side and blue from the other. And until you're there in that other, other person's perspective and see their point of view, you, you, you can't, it, I would say, I would I would invite most I would invite us to entertain the idea that it might be true even though it's different from our own perspective because that allows for more uh, more points of view to to um, inform the circumstances. Um, one of the things that Waldorf we used to talk about was that there were thirteen people at the Last Supper, and so it takes thirteen perspectives to actually at least thirteen perspectives to actually come to you know. A more whole picture of something. Mm -hmm. I love it. And I think the, before we go to break, and I think another thing that you might, we might want to focus on a little bit is if you are getting heated by somebody's perspective, instead of reaching out to them and launching on them, why don't we figure out why we're heated? Why we're heated because and go, oh, that's my work. That's, yeah, exactly. Because the heat. the heat, if you get charged up on something, then that should tell you that. You need to do some uh, talk to Dr. Amy. Okay. Give her a ring. <laughs> okay. Because it's, it's not about the other person. It's about you. It's, we're just, it's a mirror. So you need to do the work. Let's take a break. This is Erica Saul. And we've got Anthony Rodriguez in the house after these messages. Well, now together we will stand every Teen Sports Radio Show. I am your host, Erica Salda, the Queen of Teen. Please tune in every single Tuesday at 9 
am. Hey, everybody. This is Anthony Rodriguez from the Food Bank of Santa Barbara County. And um, yeah, we've been having some great times learning about how to prepare for disasters. And, and, and we did an awesome job about preparing for disasters, your disaster supply kits. And, don't, you know, we just have to remember these things. These are things that are going to help us. We don't have to be... Um, freaking out that's the whole purpose we don't want you to freak out we want you to be prepared so always remember that you have to get your um your supplies ready especially for your your little puppies your babies um you know people with access and functional needs um we that we have to be prepared ahead of time because if something happens we're just going to be stressing out and that's what we don't want to do make sure you always have water make sure you have small bills um make sure that you um get things that you like you know there's a lot of places that you can buy your kits but it's not customized to you so make sure that you customize your kit to fit your ideas your thoughts your your favorites and if you have kids make sure you have some toys because otherwise they might be driving you crazy um so <laughs> it's a it's a it's a good thing to have um you know it's 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 it'll help you be able to think a little bit more clearer especially when you are prepared we're not going to be prepared for every single thing but the more prepared you are, the less likely that you're going to be going crazy, stressing out. You'll be able to think and you'll be able to evacuate safely and calmly if you're prepared. So and another cool thing that we had was Dominique Hackett. Dominique, you want to talk to them about what you talked about? Sure. And I, I, Anthony, I just want to give kudos to you and your presentation because I didn't think about the importance of having uh, you kind of call it a bug out bag yeah. under your bed. And yes. we even said to anchor it so that it doesn't go moving somewhere. So like yeah. maybe lightly tie it to the, the, the post of the bed so that it doesn't shift in an earthquake and you know where to grab it and to stick yeah, the pair of shoes in there. Yep, I really, really appreciate that. I had not thought about that. So all <laughs> of these wonderful resources, um, what's the website mm. for, the, for that checklist? So you can go on to um, the ECA, which is the Earthquake Country Alliance website, and you can get uh, all the checklists there for your under the bed bag, your go bags, your car kits, your your home kits, your work kits. You have all kinds of checklists on the ECA website. And I'm the co-chair for the uh, ECA Central Coast region. So you can actually look up our information there and you can also see um the most recent uh, webinar that we had on tsunamis. Uh, we had a great presentation. You can take a look at it on the website again. It's on the ECA website, EarthquakeCountryAlliance.org. And then you'll also be able to get some of those on our website at the food bank. So foodbanksbc.org. Awesome. Great. So awesome. I did a quick presentation where I just reviewed with everyone the, okay, here's the acronym, E-F-F-A-K. So that is the emergency financial first aid kit. Now, who would think of doing a financial first aid kit? And what I did was, this is a great brochure that FEMA put out. If you download this, this is 40 pages, it's free. You download it and just slowly, every time you pay bills, or every time you're you know, like sitting at your desk, you fill out that financial information. Oh, my gosh. I, I would actually print it and put it at the watering hole. Uh, well, and so I recommended some parts of it. Put it in your bathroom so that you read it because W.C. Fields was famous for saying his water closet was his library. So this document that FEMA put out is really fantastic. Not only will it help you with in case there was a disaster or something to have things all together, but um, we also shared ideas like, 
uh, you can easily scan things in with your computer, with your phone. And then if you have an encrypted email, I don't recommend Google because Google's not encrypted. But if you, there are free, uh, uh, like ProtonMail is free, Skiff, S-K-I-F-F, they have free. But if you email these documents to yourself in an encrypted email, you have them. You don't have to worry about grabbing a flash drive. So when there's a disaster that occurs, you just worry about your kids and your, your dog, your cat, and your people. And that way, your financial information is safe. Keep it in an encrypted space. Yeah, I love that. That's a great idea. We, we've done that. So, And again, Anthony, kudos to you because never thought about it, but it's always nice to rather, you know, failing to plan is planning to fail. So there's a few things that you can get done and it's not a big deal. It's it, when, when it's great a, checklist. It's a great Just walks you through it. this whole thing. It's a, it's a guide because like you said yesterday, it's not an if it's a when. And it's always nice to get ahead of anything in life. Um, it helps, you know, God forbid. Christine, yeah, do you have anything absolutely. you want to add? I, I think, you know, the more we feel comfortable and ready for things, the more we're able to adapt to things when they happen. You know, I, I think preparation is key. What is the, you know, I think, and then we can feel, I mean, life just, there are so many things that happen. We can control what we can control. So we may as well do that, right? And be prepared right. as we can. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Alex, you got to bring a couple of uh, weights with you and your, and your bug out bag. No weights, Erica. No weights in a bug out bag. I do love the idea of the bug out bag and I'm going to put one under my bed. <laughs> yeah, make sure. Like I said, a lot of people they say, "Oh yeah, I have my, my there, shoes under my bed," back. you know. But don't put, don't just put your shoes under your bed because what if something breaks? You don't want your you don't want to step into your shoes and then cut your feet. So you have to put it in a bag so it's nice and secure and none of your stuff is going all over the place. You know, if you have a you know flashlight, good to have a flashlight, but it's better to have one of those headlamps, the minor headlamps, because then it leaves your hands free. You know, to be able to grab your kids, grab your grab your um, you know, your go kits, anything that you need to take. But I mean, put it in a bag. Put it in a bag. Things to think about. Let's take another break. We've got Dr. Amy right after these messages. And this is Santa Barbara Teen Sports Radio Show. I am your host, Erica Salda, the Queen of Teen. Please tune in every single Tuesday at 9 a.m. Hello, you are with Teen Sports Radio. This is Dr. Amy at stillquietplace.com and spotaspider.com. And over the last several weeks, we've been talking about addiction and particular opioid addiction. And so Erica had asked me to share at least a little bit of the new science. And so I'm going to talk about one study and we may end up doing more studies. But this study is by Tristan 
Inagaki, I-N-A-G-A-K-I. And I will give Erica a link to an article that's written for lay people that explains the study, but I'm just going to go through some of the high points now. And I think the most important point is that what we're learning is that there is a connection between opioids and our sense of connection in the world. So opioids cause the warm feelings that we get in, in social encounters, and they encourage us to become more engaged with others. And the study was that they took a drug called naloxone and they gave it to regular people. And naloxone blocks the action of opioids in the brain. And what they did is they gave naloxone to people for four days and had them report on their social connection. Then they had what's called a washout period. And then they connected, collected information on people without naloxone for four days. And um, at the very end of each of the four-day study periods, they had the participants read loving notes from friends and family to see how they felt about the notes. And what they showed is that they felt that people who were not on naloxone, so people whose opioids are functioning normally in their brain, um, felt more connection in everyday activities and during the lab task than when they were on, when they weren't on naloxone. So when their opioids were <coughs> functioning normally. Um, so what this means is that opioids contribute to a feeling of connection. And so what we want to do is help people uh, establish that sense of connection without the opioids or without external opioids. And we need to recognize and have compassion for the fact that different people have different genetic makeups. And so they respond to what internal, what's called endogenous opioids and external opioids differently. Each of us responds differently based on our genetic makeup. So when, and then the other thing is that we want to be careful and we want to think about how we're treating addiction. Because often when we treat addiction, we isolate people from their support networks and put them in some kind of rehab with people they don't know, and we give them naloxone. And so we're trying to treat an addiction that's probably at least in part due to lack of connection by isolating people and diminishing their response to the connection they have. So that doesn't make sense. So as we look at treatments for opioid addiction and prevention of opioid addiction, we need to look, as I said last week, at helping people reconnect with themselves, reconnect with their friends and family, and reconnect with their passions. So with that, I will turn it over to questions or comments, or perhaps Christine Marie will pull a card for us. Any questions or comments? <laughs> well, um, you know, um, when you first started... When you first started talking, Dr. Amy, I was, you know, pulling some cards and I thought, oh, no, that can't be the right card. And I, and I, I, I skipped over it and I realized, no, that is the right card. There's a card, um, it's the Six of Pentacles, which is about generosity. And it's about the generosity 
in, in one deck I have, it's like this little girl catching coins falling from the sky. It's this kind of generosity that comes from nowhere. It's, 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 it's about um, prosperity or pennies from heaven, that kind of thing. But it's really also about the generosity that we give each other um, and, and the, the compassion we have for each other. And it's really important um, to remember that, that it's also, it's, it's, as, it's as important to give as it is to receive, especially when we're talking about um, connection. Did, were you raising your hand there too? Yeah, well, I just wanted to say specifically, and this is something we talked a little bit about on the break, but I think we need to be particularly careful about giving people who are addicted that compassionate generosity and giving people who have family members who are suffering with addiction the compassionate generosity because they really, yeah. really need it. And so often what they get is judgment. Yeah, yeah. Um, the, the other, the other, the, the other card that I did want to talk about today is the, um, the Hierophant card, which is the number five card, the fifth card on our journey through the major arcana. We went from the fool to the um, magician, to the high priestess, to the empress, to the emperor. And now we're at the Hierophant and the Hierophant on this deck is about, is a man sitting in the roots of a tree. Um, all the leaves are kind of falling down on him. And, and, and it reminds me, and in a lot of decks, it's sort of a, a religious card. Um, but this, and this card really reminds me about connecting with kind of our, our information for this lifetime. It reminds me of Buddha sitting in the roots of the Bodhi, of the Bodhi tree when, when he realized all the suffering of the world and that the suffering of the world, and with, along with that came the um, how to help heal. And then he st stepped out of his royal um, life and became the Buddha. And so I think it's a beautiful story of the capacity of, of helping others. Um, the Eightfold Path, the Buddhist Eightfold Path uh, is, you know, right speech, right action. I know that there are more paths. <laughs> there are more, you know, there are eight actions there, but it's really about consciousness and compassion. And, and I think um, we each we each have a reason for being here. And when I see the Hierophant card in a reading, it kind of means for all of us to check in about why we are here and what our information is for this lifetime. What, uh, what is it that's ours to give? And a lot of times, my understanding is that the wound is the doorway to the gift. And so when we are in pain and there are things that are happening in our lives, it's in the healing of that that we are able to then offer gifts to each other. Sometimes we don't want to be in pain. Sometimes we don't, you know, and, and we don't understand what's happening or why, why would this happen to us? I don't know the answer to that, but I know in my own life, I found that the things that have been at times in my life, unforgivable or un, you know, I don't want to deal with um, when I've gotten through them to the other side, I found that I actually have something to share and some goodness to offer others around that. And I think those who've been through addiction, who are going through addiction now, whose family members are, are going through this and who are suffering, they, I, it's my imagination and my hope. And I invite you to um, entertain the possibility that there is a gift you have to give through this process. Christine. Yes. Thank you. Alex, I wanted you to add to this um, because one thing I know is that when somebody feels good about themselves, they should keep it really simple, right? Love yourself. You know, movement is life, as Dominique always says, when I'm, you know, not moving around. Take a walk around the block, Erica. And I, and I didn't want to do it. I do, and I feel a lot better. Talk to us, Alex, about just the whole movement, that connection with yourself. Love yourself. It makes it easy to love others. And you've gone through a lot as an individual, so you, you, you've used it. Talk about it. Yeah, uh, you know, oh gosh, <laughs> it's a heavy subject. Uh, this, my name's Alex with uh, Fit for Life 805. 
Um, you know, Amy, you had a really good point too with the opioids and being in a social setting. I feel like people aren't comfortable with themselves, which is why they need that dependency on certain things mm -hmm. to be in a social setting, to feel comfortable. And sometimes people get peer pressure if they want to be sober. Like for me, I don't drink. So when I go to a social event, people look at me like, oh, you don't drink. It's like, well, what's wrong? One, two, Immediately, like they judge. They judge you. What's wrong? Why aren't you drinking? When I say it's, you know, my lifestyle. I, I'm a trainer. I got to get up early in the morning. You know, and, and after that, they say they don't say anything or I tell them, you know what, I'm the DD tonight. And after that, they leave me alone. But it's immediate judgment. And sometimes people don't want to go through all that. And that hit yeah. me you know, kind of close to home when when I heard that. I was like, oh, that's true, because I would drink to feel comfortable. To, but I wasn't comfortable with me. And that was the problem. I was judging myself. And then I was afraid to be judged by others, which kind of led to the dependency of alcohol. So it's hard. Well, I just think, well, well, when, you're, when you're working with kids today, because this show is about teen athletes, they've got so much pressure. They have the whole social pressure uh, within their group. And then they have the media pressure. pressure. They, they do anything and all the, I, they're all you know, addicted to how much attention they're going to get. So it's tough. And what we need to do, and that's why the tools that Dr. Amy can teach us about connection, they're more important than ever. And actually Absolutely. hooking into somebody, asking them how they feel. Um, let's work on that this week, guys. This is Eric Espaldo. Lots of love. Check out our rebroadcast. Uh, we're out of time. God bless. See you next week. You're the best. Oh, my God.